It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. Touchdown! I'm convinced we actually scored on that one. Madden 04, Mike Vick. You remember that? I don't. However... And I don't know if it was Vick on the cover. I just mean because Vick is very famous for dominating that year. Generally speaking, was overpowered in the old Madden video games. Welcome to the Lockdown Bengals podcast. That's right. It's the weekend mailbag. There's a little dog that has some questions at Joe's house. He just got a puppy not too long ago. It doesn't last long. She's trying to get the cat. I'm sure of it. Yeah, but here my wife's getting her now. Sounds like like she had some success. This episode is brought to you by our sponsors, Abco Safety and Blue Chew. For more information about our fantastic sponsors, including discount codes or free trials, Wait around for our commercial breaks for more information. Joe, let's jump into questions. Are we starting at the top or the bottom today? Start at the top. All right. Our first question comes from Mother Soul 05. We haven't beat Pittsburgh since 2015. I refuse to watch those games anymore. Will we get a win against them this year? Jake, I don't know if we had them beating Pittsburgh in either of those games. Uh, The one was Monday night at Pittsburgh, so I don't feel like that's going to be the one. If it is the one, we can get real excited about the season real quickly. Um, So later in the year in Cincinnati, I guess, yeah, that's the chance. How good is Pittsburgh at that time? Where are the Bengals at at that time? The season can go a lot of different ways. Uh, that, That does seem to be the test, though, right? Can they beat the Steelers? Well, the thing is, I don't think Pittsburgh is all that good. And I think later in the year, if the Bengals are going to be a better than six and a half win team like Mike Renner thinks they can and Brandon Thorne thinks they can't, that means that things are starting to come together at that point or have come together at that point because the Pittsburgh home game is late in the year. So if they're going to beat Pittsburgh, it will be, all right, we've got Marvin Lewis out of here. Maybe we've got, you know, we've got Vontez Perfect out of here. Antonio Brown's gone. Le'Veon Bell's gone. All of the real sources of animosity in that rivalry are gone, except Joey Porter and Ben Roethlisberger, who, I mean, on the field, I don't, Ben's Ben, he's a quarterback on the field, off the field, you can have your reasons. Mm -hmm. All those things are gone, all the distractions are gone, perhaps, 
to some degree anyway, maybe they can focus, bear down, and, and get a win at home late in the year. I still want someone to lay a hit on Juju. Is that wrong? No, because he's – and here's the reason. I don't wish injury upon Juju Smith-Schuster. No, I'm not just, saying that. He just needs to learn a lesson. He's celebrating scripted touchdown choreography with his teammates of Bengals player injuries, etc. Right. And, and and nobody nobody punishes this year. And this this drives all Bengals cr- fans crazy is the fact that Pittsburgh Steelers players just don't seem to have any repercussions for their actions. Going back to Long Vince time. Williams on Twitter, and and it goes on and on and on. And and there are all these rule changes for Pittsburgh, but there's never action taken against them in the in the form of fines, suspensions. Although if you look back the last few years. I had this conversation with Robert Klemko. Robert Klemko went on a big rant against Marvin Lewis's Bengals, talking about how they're the least least disciplined team in the league, highest penalized in terms of fines, uh, suspensions, and all this stuff. And my argument against him was, really, that's mostly perfect, and let's look at other teams as well, because even with perfect in the pitch picture, Pittsburgh has been pretty comparable to the Bengals, yeah. who are probably closer to average than anything else. Klemko said he'd go back and revisit it because I think he, he might have even written a piece. I don't remember. And, yeah, and I, never, I thought so. I, I, I asked him like three or four times after he said, I'm going to go back and reevaluate, and he never actually followed through. So uh, never got to see the results of the follow-up analysis. But from what I saw, which was using the fines and suspensions reported on, I don't remember if it was Sport Track or something else, it's very close for those two teams in terms of penalties and whatnot. And so when you look at the the scrutiny that the national media holds the Bengals to versus the Steelers, it's an easy pain point for Bengals fans. Yep. And I have nothing more to say to that. I hope they do beat them. I hope they beat them all the time and, and consistently and in a physical and convincing way every time. Uh, next question is from Jeff Carr, our man Jeff Carr from the Lockdown Reds podcast. You guys should Check that out. Actually, a lot of people are checking that out. They're the number gonna, one MLB yeah. podcast on the Locked On Network. Way to go, Jeff. Yep. So you guys should also listen if you're not. And Jeff asks, heard a national pundit say that Alex Erickson is going to be a huge player in this offense. Do you agree? And how will they go about executing? And this was Michael Lombardi, and I can't remember what podcast he was on. But I uh, said the Bengals fielded trade offers or refused to field trade offers Mm -hmm. for Alex Erickson, even though teams called. And I think Lombardi went to go on and say he could be their Cooper Cup. Yeah, and I I remember tweeting about this yesterday, saying that it's wild to compare Alex Erickson to Cooper Cup. I I think that's uh, a leap too far. I think Erickson is easily one of the best kickoff returners in the NFL. Now the importance of a kickoff returner is maybe diminished because – there there aren't kickoff returns in the NFL anymore, although the Patriots did go out and spend resources on Cordero Patterson, who wins in a different way than Erickson, although Erickson was, I think, the fastest clocked next-gen stats player on the Bengals last year. Is that – am I, yeah, I remembering yeah. that correctly? No, you're, I think you're right. He had a long kickoff that was uh, 20-something miles per hour or whatever. Yeah. So Erickson is a very, very valuable kickoff returner in the world where he does actually bring the kicks out of the end zone. That world is shrinking. He's not a very good punt returner. He's a very good, I think, fifth receiver, fourth receiver on your team. He can step into the slot. He's reliable. He's going to catch the passes you throw to him. He's pretty good after the catch. Will he be a huge player in the offense? I I don't see it. He's still the fourth receiver, fifth if you count 
if you count Eifert and if you count uh, Mixon and Geo, I think sure. he's further down the pecking order still. Yeah. Can, can he be a contributor? Sure. I think he fits into the offense and what Zach Taylor wants to do. Can he be a huge player? I, I don't, I mean, he's still the fourth guy on the, on the roster for a reason. Yeah. And I wonder how many people would be surprised to know that Alex Erickson actually has a higher cap hit this year than Tyler Boyd. Uh, 1.7 million. I think Boyd's 1.2 million, uh, which is interesting that they extended him last year. And so it means they value him. He's not getting paid a crazy amount of money for being on his second contract already as an undrafted guy, but he is being paid like the fourth receiver and like their main return man. And that's okay. And I think Erickson is fine. And I, I had a lot of discussion on Twitter about this because I did start to think maybe Ross doesn't have a secured number three role on this roster. And we've talked a lot about how uh, this offense could feature everyone in the slot, really. And that would help Alex Erickson get open. He averaged 8.4 yards per catch last year after um, a much better year the previous year. I mean, 8.4 is a disaster in terms of a receiver. So uh, putting him on the outside and replacing those guys was not where he's going to win. And I think if you get everyone in the slot, he could fit this Rams offense very well. I, I just don't think... There's a bigger conversation here, and it's one of when I say Ross, John Ross is a better receiver than than Alex Erickson. I don't actually believe he is better in the traditional terms right now, but I do believe he is a more of a weapon, more impactful to the receivers uh, that surround him, AJ Green and Tyler Boyd, and more um, of a concern for defenses than Alex Erickson would be. So. Does that make him a better player to have on your offense out on the field? Yes, it does, in my opinion. I think better gets misconstrued a lot, and I, I'm at fault for that because sometimes I'll just say, oh, this guy's better without explaining. And that this is me trying to explain that I think Ross is still the better guy to have out on the field. Having said that, I like Erickson, and if he's the fourth guy, I've got no problem with that. Yeah, he's an excellent fourth guy. We have two questions here from Dustin Walls. My guy, Dusty Balls 08, and I say my guy because he supported my – Captain America tirade. One of one of a few that voiced their support for my distaste oh, for know. the captain. I didn't know Dustin over here lived in Canada. That's crazy. This isn't a Canada thing, Joe. Captain oh, America okay. stands for everything that is idealized and prop- propagandized about the United States of America. Dusty asks, if you could only attend one game this upcoming year, would you rather go to one their favored to win or would you rather see them against a tough opponent or division rival? Favored. I don't want to go. I, it's a lot of money, first of all. I don't know. Even if you live in Cincinnati, it's a lot of money, even though we, when we went over the schedule. The Bengals have some very cheap ticket prices. But still, you're probably buying for multiple people. Now, if you're going with friends, buying one ticket for $31 to see the Cardinals, well, okay, I think we can all swing that. But for someone like me, if I, I, I mean, we're talking travel, uh, hotel. I, if I stay, there's been times I've tried to do it all in one day, and that can be uh, fun. Uh, that's not really fun, but you know what I'm saying. Anyways, I want to know I'm going for a win. Now, yeah. if it was like, see, as I'm saying this, so I'm thinking, now what if you had had the Seahawks or the Patriots or Packers in those those good years, right? And they're early in the season where the Bengals seem to pull off those upsets and they win those games and you're there for one of those. Oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be one of the games you remember forever. So I guess uh, you roll the dice and you take what you get and hope for something memorable. I would like to, out of the games this year, we, we just went through the schedule before the podcast because a few people have asked us, will we be at any games this year? One person even, I think, offered to 
get us tickets or get us a hotel in Miami. That's right. Yes, we did have that offer. So, so maybe we'll go to Miami later this year if I, if if we can figure out the travel. But um, for me, the Cincinnati game that I would want to go to, and I mean in Cincinnati, would be Arizona because I I would love to see what that Arizona team is going to look like. I think that the Bengals have a good chance of winning it. It's early in the year before it's too cold. And Joe, one thing to consider if we go to a game together is I'm sure my parents would be happy to put you up. Oh, Mom really? and Dad, I know you're listening. I hope that'd be okay with you. I am very polite and respectful to other people's homes. So yes, I would take that. I think we have the extra space. Uh, yeah. Ready so for the next one? Arizona for me. Next question. Let's go. It's from Dusty Balls again, and uh, he's going back on your Marvel thing here. He says, I think Joe said his favorite Marvel Universe character is Spider-Man, and that is correct. Um, he says he doesn't recall Jake saying who his is. So, Jake, who is your favorite Marvel character and why? So, there are so many choices for this that it's hard. And I'm I'm a movie guy and, and some cartoons, but I didn't really read a bunch of comics. Every time I tried to read a comic when I was a kid... And I think I said this on our previous podcast. I just ended up bored because if you pick up a random comic at the airport before you're about to get on a plane, if it's in the middle of a story, you have no idea what's going on. It's like, okay. And well, it's like just... 10 pages of, of, you know, 100 words total. <laughs> yeah, it's like this This wasn't very exciting. So, so I never got into the comics as a kid. So based on the movies, immediately the character that jumped into my mind, and this is, this is like the off-the-cuff answer, not necessarily if I sat down and really thought about it, but Shuri who, if you don't know, is the sister of T'Challa, the Black Panther. And her depiction in the movies, I thought, she's brilliant. She's a talented fighter. She's, you know, next in line, right, as the yeah. as the sister. And since you don't Black read the Panther. comics, there is a uh, time period where she takes over the mantle for the Black Panther while T'Challa's out. Which is dope. And, and obviously... What what's that? Wakanda is like the super technologically advanced society, and she's at the center of all of it. So yeah. she's she's this mastermind, brilliant, brilliant human being. Is she human? She's human, right? And, she is human. <laughs> well, you never know in the Marvel universe. I know. I know. <laughs> so so that that's who it is for me. And you could you could go through some of the tangential character, or maybe I shouldn't say tangential, but not not the franchise characters like. The Guardians of the Galaxy, I yeah. really like a lot of those characters, too. Your your favorite is Groot for all the dialogue, I'm sure. Oh, man, Groot is an expert linguist. But besides that, though, tell me you didn't feel sad when adult Groot pulls everyone in and says, we are Groot, and sacrifices himself at the end of the first oh, one. I mean, jeez, this guy, he says three words, and he's a talking tree, and I wanted to cry. It's, it's Vin Diesel is Groot, right? That's true, yeah, that is. Vin Diesel has nailed Groot. <laughs> he has nailed Groot. He even does the the kid Groot, and they just like tweak his voice. Vin Diesel will forever be a Marvel. Get it, Marvel? <laughs> uh, oh, we're gonna take a that. break, but before we do, we have another shout out to our excellent sponsor, Abco Safety, based out of Cincinnati, safety and industrial distributor. We've mentioned their product lines many times, from protective gloves to steel toe boots to fall protection. They have anything you could possibly need to make your workplace a safe environment and they'll help you coordinate your safety program and budget. They are confident they'll get you the best deal possible on the safety needs of your organization. And on top of all of that, you'll get 15% off if you call 513-672-1818 and mention Locked On Abco. 
for your first order. And remember, it's not just for your workplace either. You know what I've been wearing lately, Jake, as I'm going out? Um, safety glasses when I use the weed whacker in the lawn because I hit a couple rocks in your face, do that a couple times, and you go, you know what? I actually want to keep my vision. So I, I get them at work, so I, I threw a pair on. And if you can get – they have them on here too, uh, the yellow ones that really highlight and, and are almost high definition. You're looking through those. That's what I wear. Oh, yeah. They're fantastic. Well, go check out Abco Safety. You can get their whole inventory at abcosafety.com. You get the discount when you call. That's 513-672-1818. Mention Locked On Abco. Get your discount. Get yourself safe. We'll be right back. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Bengals Podcast. It is the weekend mailbag. Uh, We've got a lot of questions to go, Jake. What's the next one? Caleb, OSU Bengals asks, seems like the Patriots usually have 17 running backs on their roster, which is impressive because rosters, of course, only hold 53 people. Could our double dip in the six mean we try using some similar schemes to find mismatches, or are they simply trying to improve the chances of one of the guys hit? I think both could be right. Uh, you want to have, I honestly, the Patriots will dip into all four running backs that are active on the roster, right? And they find out which roles they are successful in, and they use it accordingly. Sounds like voodoo to us as, as we watch other Bengals have used their running backs uh, in the last, what, since, since Rudy Johnson and... Chris Perry, honestly, they knew how to use those guys into their strengths. After that, it's been a mismatch of of understanding. And uh, so if they – I think that is a key to this Bengals offense in 2019, knowing what you have in Joe Mixon, figuring out how to get him and Giovanni Bernard on the field together or use them correctly and, and enough, right? Because we want we want both those guys to touch the ball. But then if you have to dip into Travion Williams or Ronnie Anderson, two sixth-round picks, guys that honestly I really like on film, they look good. And if Rodney Anderson's healthy, you you might get a steal with that pick. So, all in all, I do think, yes, maybe they're trying to make this room not just top-heavy, but uh, where you can dip into that third and fourth running back. Let's face it, they really haven't been able to uh, last year when it was Mark Walton, and now I can't even remember who the fourth guy was. Do you remember? Was it Trey Carson? Uh, anyways, they, they've... They weren't able to do it. They weren't able to go into that that deep uh, in the room. So now they can, or at least they feel they they should be able to. Six round picks don't even have to make the roster. So who, who, what do we really know? But I did like both guys, so I, I did think it was a wise uh, uh, use of resources. 
Yeah, I think in the sixth round, taking two running backs is never going to draw a complaint from this podcast unless they do it every year, in which case I think that's probably (laughs) too many running backs. Um, We talked about it, though, and, and, and the really interesting thing that Mike said the other day when I asked him about the whole mismatch of PFF board versus NFL board, NFL teams only put X players on their board. Say it's 150. When yep. you get to the sixth round, you're usually gra- you're often drafting guys, I should say, that are you know fourth, sometimes third round grades for you, and so or you end up priority free agents, or that and you're trying to make sure you, you you collect them, you know. But maybe they just have higher grades on these running backs. I wouldn't surprise me at all with the Williams, uh, yep. Jim Turner connection, and Rodney Anderson is a is a huge lottery ticket if he's healthy and he's recovered from admittedly to substantial leg injuries he looks like joe mixon in a lot of ways and he's from the same school so we shouldn't be surprised right i I think the rodney anderson thing could end up being a huge hit for them as a day three pick yeah and and i think with jim turner he had great production out of running backs we'll we'll praise jim turner here for a minute great production out of running backs at a&m i would say and zach taylor comes from a world where he that the Rams did throw to their running backs quite a bit. So maybe they yep. do figure out how to use Mixon, Anderson, Williams, and that would be Jim Turner's responsibility. And the Zach Taylor-led offense, Zach Taylor, Brian Callahan-led offense, figures out how to use Geo a little bit better, maybe finds ways to throw the ball to Mixon a little bit more. Right, that would be ideal. And so, the offense would take another step, right? Yeah, so I agree with Joe, it's both. Yeah, and that's okay to, to be to be both there. Nick Green as our next question. Nick N. Green, 796. And I, I think this is more of a suggestion and a question at the same time, but we like it. And he asks, is there a Lockdown Bengals fantasy league during the season? If so, can I join? I think we should put a poll out and see how many people want to play and how many leagues we're going to have to manage because here's what we're going to do. Is is if it, depending on the number of people, we'll put it together the way the Europeans do football, and we'll have divisions, and we'll move the top ten teams up, the bottom ten teams down, because uh, obviously we're going to do this for our whole lives, and there's longevity forever. To it. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think I think that'd be fun. I think that'd be really cool. It's something that Joe and I will have to think about how we want to put into practice, and I think that'd yeah. be a fun way to fun way to spend the season with our listeners. And if you guys have any tips on it or suggestions, we're open because I, I originally said to Jake, what, 32-team league? you know, And he, he scoffed at that because think of uh, losing your Ryan Fitzpatrick quarterback because you picked 20th or 28th, I should say. Uh, yeah, that wouldn't be ideal. So um, if anyone's played in a big league or managed a big league or done anything like this or, or just is interested in the idea, I, I'm open to it. I think it would definitely be multiple leagues and, and maybe Joe and I play in separate leagues or maybe, I don't know, I'm not going to play in more than one or two myself. I, I actually enjoy football a lot more when there's no fantasy football involved, just personally. Oh, really? It's, it's much, it's less stressful, you know? It's I like just it. like, I just watch football for football then and then it's just fun. Instead of whining about, throw it to Jordy Nelson! that that was a common refrain for me over my fantasy football playing years so we'll think about it nick i think that's a good idea tyler has our next question at that tyler crow do you guys think running backs can be overvalued in fantasy football staying on the fantasy football thread joe what's your running back drafting strategy honestly i in my main league that i play in um it is a full point per reception 
But the thing is, we can't use a running back for the flex position. So it creates a – everyone ends up with a good third back. So the pressure to get a top two guy isn't really there. And I, I will, I'll take one, of course. But uh, if there's a similar receiver or a similar ranked quarterback as you get into the third round or so, I will go in that range because – we our league isn't top heavy on running back. So if, if your league is like that, or even some that are half point per reception, I think that devalues running backs again. The thing is also there's really not those guys that are getting, and you still get a Todd Gurley and then guys like that. And it looks like Saquon Barkley could be up there and, and be that kind of guy where they just lean on him and feed him. But the 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 early two thousands mid in like two thousand five to two thousand ten, I really felt like it was a running back league in fantasy where you got the top eight guys and you could ride them because they're getting 70 catches they're carrying it 300 times and multiple you know they're 14 1500 yards was expected from those guys 15 touchdowns wasn't wasn't crazy to expect and i don't think we see that anymore i think if a guy clips eclipses a thousand yards we're like yay he had a good year uh so i think it's just the talent of around the league where everyone's using at least two backs and it kind of has diminished the value of the running back in fantasy Unless you're Christian McCaffrey, sure. Yeah. I, I think I think that your your evaluation of the running back position just needs to change based on the league you're in. Guys like Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey become your running back one too. David yep. Johnson, if he's healthy, Saquon uh, Barkley is going to be up there. Yeah, I think Saquon Barkley was a really good point. I am the type of fantasy football player who likes to dominate the wide receiver position. I will go four or five deep a wide receiver and find guys that give me average points at running back. Uh, average plus quarterback usually I feel like quarterback is easy enough to stream depending on how big your league is you find the matchups you want I'm not the guy in your league who's drafting a kicker in a defense in fact I prefer individual defensive players but I also understand if you don't because it's a lot to manage and it's really hard if you've never done it before to figure out what the heck's important for an individual defensive player so I usually stream defense though yeah, always stream defense. and, and you just, I won't even spend a pick on it. I don't even spend a waiver claim on it most weeks. Usually you can find the matchups that you like. And unless it's a really competitive league, then maybe it's worth trying to get a defense that you feel good about as a backup. But you just don't have enough roster spots to keep a defense that you're not playing every week. So that's, that's right. why I don't like to draft a defense. It's because, well, then what do you do when they have a bye? You, you can't right. carry you can't carry a defense on a bye week, especially if it's a heavy bye week, week seven, week eight. I'm with you. I yeah, so I'm not a guy that's drafting running backs early. I do think that they are generally overdrafted, and the more that people optimize fantasy football drafting strategies, the more you see stuff like reverse drafting, zero running backs, zero quarterbacks, all these different drafting approaches that try to be more optimal and and most of the ones that try to gain the system aren't picking running back early and here's the thing for me one point i wanted to make on it uh that i just remembered i think the the amount of loss you take when a running back gets hurt is so far significant than any other position because i think the the backup a lot of times comes in and steps in and produces at a similar level for most teams in the league. And usually that backup, if you got a good team, you're not getting that guy in the waiver claim, right? You're dropping from uh, Joe Mixon uh, and who may have been a top second round pick for you. And Giovanni Bernard's not even on a roster and you're, you're not 
you're not even in position to claim Geo, and Geo goes against the Falcons as 130 yards in a great game. You get no benefit out of that. Whereas if you lose a receiver, you can flex things around, you can move things around, and I always feel like I can get a late bloomer or someone that's going to emerge in the second half of the year. And it's usually like those those rookie or second year receivers that are st- that go don't get drafted or their last two rounds, and you put them on the back of your um, uh, of your roster just to see if they'll bloom towards the second half of the year. And I, I feel confident that I can usually hit those guys. So I don't losing a, a top end receiver to me isn't that big of an impact. Yeah, as long as they play for the Saints or the Patriots, sure. plug them in late year. That's All right, I got the next. Here. Yeah, it's from Dean at DD Merritt. Are you confident that with the with a competent coaching staff, that the best of draft Twitter could win a playoff game and or produce two All Pro players in? If given four years of building rosters, starting with the Bengals in 2017. I think that four years is a little narrow. I think that getting to the all-pro level, well, okay. So I think four years is maybe narrow for all-pro unless you're drafting in the top five. Because finding all-pro players, there's two of them, right, for some positions. One of them at most positions, two of them at some positions. It's very, very hard to find all-pro players. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, could we could we win a playoff game in four years, starting with the Bengals' 2017 roster? Uh, that means we're picking top ten two years in a row. You you picked ninth. Would draft Twitter have taken John Ross, or no. would they have taken Mahomes. Mahomes and Watson? Would they have taken it been, it would have someone else, Watson. Ryan Ramsick, OJ Howard, whoever the maybe, maybe Howard, probably Watson. Right. Yeah, I do think. Yeah, I, I, Mahomes was thought of a little, little lower. I, yeah. It was at the time at the at the draft, if you remember and yeah. are honest about it. Watson, Mahomes were thought to go in the twenties and maybe even early second. But people, what people did have. Oh, there was a lot of quarterback that, because yeah. outside of Cincinnati, everyone was like Andy Dalton. You know, there's these tier lists going around. Andy Dalton's in the trash tier quarterbacks. Apparently, that's ridiculous. But that's the perception around the world. So. Draft Twitter includes the world, and I think I think that you know maybe would have taken a quarterback there. And if they, I mean, I think either Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes already won a playoff game, could win a playoff game in four years with the talent on the Bengals roster right now. So yes, I am confident that with the competent coaching staff, that the best of Draft Twitter could win a playoff game if given four years. There's people that have done studies and looked at the take a Rifasan's consensus board. Um, and there's also been others that have looked back and said, well, based on rankings and who was, you know, best available at the time, this is how the draft. And we did this sort of for our own sake, right? When we used our boards and looked at previous years and redrafted for the Bengals in 2014 and 2015, but on a more national level without a team attached or people that have done this and said, well, this is how an average draft would have turned out. Uh, and it, sometimes it's, ends up better than the team a lot of times what you find out is it's right mixed in almost 50 50 teams are are right in the middle and maybe one analyst is near the top but the consensus is near the middle also you would probably get similar results to the average team whether that means you hit some you lose some for me to to look at it honestly it would probably be dependent on who that coach is and who that quarterback is yeah I mean, it, it all comes down to if you get a quarterback in the four years. Because if you're using the Bengals roster, there's a foundation there that if you yeah. get a, if you hit on a couple key spots, well, may, may, four years, that's a long time. for and, and you see a lot of the draft Twitter guys eventually go on to get jobs on teams. If we're talking about the top oh, yeah. draft Twitter guys or their, or their ex-NFL scouts. So, yeah, I think, I think they could do it. 
Yeah, I do too. I think the hardest part, and I did this when I was, we, we've mentioned the, the podcast I did with Josh Norris and those guys uh, for Roto World uh, a couple months ago, about a month ago. It's hard to get when you've got four or five guys that all feel confident in their evaluations to agree on 10 players on it for the top of the board. And I can't even imagine trying to build 150 players on a board. Well, it's and your get, full-time job then. Sure. But still, if you and I are going to disagree on people, even though we have all the information data and, and tape and we, even if we debate it for 35 days in a row, we still may get to that 35th day and say, you know, I still don't think this guy should be above this guy. Yeah. That's why you have a tiebreaker and that's your GM. You're right. And it's when the, that's the GM's job. So I guess when we think of draft Twitter as a whole, in my mind, I was thinking of like almost take the consensus and just go with it. No, I don't think you take the consensus. I think you take the top 15 guys and you put them in scouting and, and personnel jobs and you treat it like an NFL team would. I think they could get it done. And all right, but then one of them has to be the GM make the final decision. Exactly. So a lot of it's going to hang on that guy. And, making and that's that final. Lewis Riddick. Okay, fine. <laughs> I don't know, man. Our next question comes from Steven Urschwender. Is that MSJ right? I was going to say Einhorn. Einhorn is definitely not Einhorn. Finkel is Einhorn. Will you do a recap? A re- <laughs> <laughs> Will you do a redraft picking in the Bengals slots? I'm curious who you'd pick instead of who the Bengals picked. No trades, just picking from who is available when they pick. Can't take the Bengals picks later in the draft either. So... I think we've heard this question from a couple people. And I think Steven has, has sent it a couple times. That's why I, I put it in here on the list, because I will answer, yes, we will do this. But I think it's going to be done on a separate day where we can spend 20 minutes or so talking about it and going through the process. Right, Jake? What do you think next week? Yeah, I think it's going to be a full day. It'll be a whole event. Some people will hate it. If you go to read Reddit, people don't like it when we talk about the past. They just want us to talk about how Drew Sample is going to be the best tight end in the history no, of the Cincinnati that's goddamn not what Bengals. I took out of that. There was some good, um, good. They want me to yell Reddit. touchdown. If you guys, if I'm animated. On, yes, he is. If you guys are on Reddit <laughs> and you were uh, part of that feedback on that on that um, that page, uh, you know what I'm talking about. That thread, uh, then. I appreciate the feedback. I thought it was very good and, and balanced, even if some people think uh, Jake sounds like paint drying. I think it's just one guy. But, oh, I'm sorry. One guy. That one guy that said it. I'll choose to believe it's one guy, even if there are multiple of you. I don't care what you think. <laughs> We're going to take a now, break, Joe. What, now what's Jake's a... upset. I'm not upset. I don't care what you think. I, I mean, I care that you listen, but about me right. personally, I, I, I hope you enjoy the product. Joe, we have another sponsor to talk about, and then we need to take a break. Guys, let's talk about sex. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. Blue BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable... They work up as twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Guys, if you want to know if this stuff works, I popped one today, did 20 push-ups, no arms. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, the, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. 
Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code locked on to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Bengals podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Bengals Podcast. Hope you guys like those ads. And our next question is from Aaron Parker. I think it's M-E-M Bengal. He's been a long time interacting person on Twitter, and I feel bad that I don't know if it's Mem Bengal. I want to say Meme Bengal, but I know that's not spelled right. Anyways, I'm rambling. The question is, with regard to Drew Sample, is there anything you will be curious to read or hear from observers at any of the mini camps or training camp that will clue you into whether he is indeed as much as a receiving threat as the club clearly thinks he can be? I don't know if the club clearly thinks he is going to be a major receiving threat. They might just think, and they use this word, so I'll quote them, that he will be an adequate receiver right, and a plus-plus blocker. But yeah, some people, I don't remember who it was, but somebody said they went back and watched him and didn't even think he was that good of a blocker which is probably crazy at this point. I think he is a good blocker. I think that translating to the NFL, there's a learning curve, especially for tight ends. There's a lot of intricacies to that position. But what I'll be interested to hear or read is, is he making splash plays? Is Mm -hmm. he getting big separation? Is he making, you know, flashy catches? These are all things that weren't a big part of his game at Washington. And if he starts to do them in training camp against NFL fringe if not nfl level competition then you start to pay a little bit more attention to his receiving ability what do you think joe yeah and i'll take the opposite approach if we don't hear those things it doesn't mean he's a bust right away because we've said this plenty of times we talked about the tight end position a lot this year when do you take one how big is the need what kind of tight end do you need well we found out they thought the need was very big the kind of guy they wanted was a wide tight end and how early was the second round so Even with all that, it may take two years before he has a positive impact. And that even includes as a run blocker. If you go back and look at even a lot of guys that, oh, this guy's a really good run blocking tight end. And and while they normally get drafted later, so maybe they won't have the same opportunities to be out there and and grow and develop on the fly. If Drew Sample is thrusted in there as as they lead blocking type tight end, uh, then maybe he can develop quicker. But normally it takes about two years for that. And for a guy that has almost no receiving production, 
we should probably expect that to maybe be year three for that. And it's not uncommon for tight ends to be slow learners. They have a lot to learn. It's not just – it's one of the most technical positions, I think. It's because of being a blocker, because of being a route runner and receiver, you have as much on your plate as almost any position outside of quarterback. They line up on more places on the field than almost any other position. Yep. They can be in the backfield. They can be attached to your line. They can be split out wide. They can be in the slot. So there's a lot they, going on. They all have to get stronger. We say this with every rookie, right? But tight ends more than any. And, yeah. and they're strong coming in. But, man, these guys are normally 250. They're going to end up 260 and 260-plus. I mean, and, even and, even guys like Njoku or yep. you know Vernon Vernon Davis coming in looking like freaks, like looking like they're shredded out of their mind, they they, they get stronger. They, and they take a couple years in doing so. So mm-hmm. we should have low expectations, not because of our pre-draft um, idea of sample, but because he's a tight end. But if you do start to hear about some of those flashes, then maybe you feel a little bit optimistic yeah, roll. about yeah. About the potential, right? And then, oh, maybe he is this type of receiver. He just didn't get the chances. All right. Tyler Lindsay's back with another question. Welcome back, Tyler. Thanks for your patronage. Is that the right word? I don't care. To follow up on my question from last week, if you had the infinity gauntlet and had the opportunity to snap back five past Bengals players to the roster in their prime, which five would they be? This is a great question, to be honest. Uh, I didn't so much like the last one of snapping away other players, and even though we picked Steelers, but snapping back, if you've seen Endgame, they bring them back, right? So, spoiler, I'm sorry, that goes first. Anyways, so we're going to bring back five past Bengals. So really, who could help this team? I, I know. Let me get Willie Anderson for one. Here's the thing. Where is the cutoff line for ERA? Because is Kenny Anderson viable for I today's football? I think Kenny football? Anderson's probably still good in today's NFL. He'd figure it out. Yeah, I think he would. And I see the – well, would Boomer be better? You know, I, I'm trying to think of this for the era-wise because I, I do think there is some of – he was the first of – and I'm talking about Kenny Anderson here – first of really uh, an, a successful West Coast offense. Really never seen anything like that before, and maybe his numbers were overinflated because of that. And I know I'm blasphemous, right? He should be in the Hall of Fame. I definitely believe that. But uh, I just wonder if it would be as successful now. So I, I don't know if even, like, I even think this way with Anthony Munoz a little bit, right? Like, he'd probably still be really good, but would he be the best left tackle of all time in today's league? And maybe not, but he'd probably still be really good. So I let think me get pass Munoz. rushers were, were still really good then. I think that they're, they're maybe a little bit more athletic now, but, I mean, Lawrence Taylor, is, he, he's been around forever. Reggie White, anyway, continue. I think technique has grown so much for offensive yeah, but, line. Remember but back so in the day where they are blocking with their Munoz. elbows out? Remember Anthony, with their, and their, their arms in, elbows out, blocking? But but Munoz would would adapt. No, he played right. He he played in a in a later phase than that where actually they actually did use their hands a little bit more. But I think it's grown so much. But I'd still take him because I do think athlete athlete wise, size wise, and even if he was two eighty or something, right? Um, they, I think he'd figure it out. So give me Willie Anderson and Anthony Munoz, and I'd love to say. Can I snap back Justin Smith? Because I think he'd be a perfect guy to kick inside and, and, and play that that role we've talked about a lot with that that third defensive end and rushing the passer from the inside next to Atkins. Oh, that'd be awesome. Um, Jake, what do you have while I think of my last two? I'm with you on the tackles for sure. Munoz and Willie Anderson all day. I mean, I think those two belong in the Hall of Fame. Obviously, one of them's there, but I think Willie, I think he's been criminally underappreciated for forever he should be in the hall of fame i think as a right tackle i think easy 
I've I've gone over his accomplishments before, and all the thousand yard rushers he's thrown, he's he's blocked for thousand yard receivers that he's blocked for quarterbacks that have had their best years, and it's not just Carson Palmer, but I mean like Jeff Blake best years, uh, John Kitna best years, Steve McNair uh, I believe was still with the no it wasn't who was the quarterback for the Ravens. Oh, I can't remember now. It was Flacco at the end. I'm sorry. I was thinking of somebody else. Um, and just Flacco's best year, and they won the you know they AFC Championship. I think it was that year. Willie was there, but he's had a lot of success, and and it he was maybe the best. He probably was the best right tackle for a long stretch of his career. Oh yeah, and just underappreciated the whole time, all the way even till the end of his career in Baltimore when he was still elite playing right tackle as as a thirty something year old. Yeah, uh, crazy. I have a really hard time picking the quarterback, too, between Boomer, Anderson, and even Carson Palmer because Carson right. Palmer's prime is ridiculous. It's, yeah. it's really, really good. I mean, yep. we're talking pre-ACL. And we know it works in this era. Yeah. Which uh, is key, I think. And then I think for me, Takeo Spikes is on the list. I think he is, you know, what like like we said, he's one of the few all-pro linebackers in in the Bengals history if not the only I'm not even sure if they have more than him and it wasn't when he was with them I think that was with Buffalo oh was it uh, or with Philly I can't he's had a long career never made a playoff game would you take Corey Dillon I know I thought about that also but like a running Joe, back in his prime that's pretty fun but I think Joe Mixon might be more dynamic is that crazy to say it's not, and no we've talked about this having a one-two would be awesome with those two but um, how often would I actually get Corey into the game other than about, that he's really also good? Would you take Chad back? Would you take Tony McGee? Tony McGee? No. Who's the best tight end? Bob Trumpy? Trumpy's up there too, yeah. I was thinking uh, Lamar Parrish and Ken Riley, obviously. Yeah. I think we could upgrade at corner. I think Leon Hall and Jonathan Joseph should be talked about. Joseph's still playing, so am I snapping anyone back or am I just snapping them back into his prime? Back to the team and their prime. I think Chad's got to be on the list, man. Just to round out the receiving core, he's an he Ch- Chad Johnson in this receiver core in his prime. Like you, you could throw every ball in one and a half seconds because you know who's going to be open pre-snap. If it's AJ Green, Tyler Eifer, Chad Johnson, and and Tyler Boyd, you're going to know which one coach? of those. Yeah, which coach? I mean, would you bring back Paul Brown, or would you say? I mean, can wait? Hang on a second. We could say Bill Walsh, can't we? Is it is it Bill Walsh? Is it is it Paul Brown? Is this Sam Weish? Is it Sam Weish? Who is it? Can I snap back all three and have a have a coaching yeah, staff that's to dream go. of? So the two tackles and the three coaches. Right. Let's go. I think we got a chance. All right, we did it. We optimized the question. There we go. The next question is also from Tyler Lindsay, and he asks: Have the Bengals put themselves in a situation where they have to re-sign AJ Green or Tyler Boyd? Assuming Ross or any of the other receiver doesn't make the next step, I believe the team, the team's hands are tied since they won't have much success in bringing in free agents, and it seems to take rookies two to three years to develop. I think they certainly need to re-sign one of them, and I yes. think they still would like to re-sign both of them despite reports coming out recently that Green is saying, it's a business, I'm not sure what's going to happen, I'm not sure about my future. I think everyone would like to see A.J. Green retire Bengal. We've talked about that on this podcast. Whether or not that's the wisest decision and the best use of cap funds is a question. But as Andre Parada told us when he was on the podcast about a month ago now, probably, yeah. uh, the cap's an illusion. It's, you know, just pay the players if you want them on your team. So yeah. 
I don't know. I think they have to bring back one for sure. I don't know if they have to bring back both, but I think if they lose one, well, now we're back to having to draft one. Yeah, and a lot of that hinges on the next step. I think hinges on John Ross in 2019. If and he to shows a much lesser extent, maybe Josh Malone, if if he sure. can come out of nowhere. Yeah, right. You've got some guys there that if they emerge into anything, even at, at, at it's a stable number three type of receiver you feel much better about the position. And if that means you, you extended Boyd in this offseason and it's Boyd and a capable Ross, well, you're like, okay, it doesn't have to be the worst thing to lose A.J. Green, even though we'd all like to see Green here and successful in playing for this team, I think. I think we'd all love to see that. Uh, but you could survive and manage and, and come out on top or come out in a, in a decent situation at that position if that happens. Well, if it doesn't, right? I was going to say the other thing, thing is, Maybe they're rebuilding after this year. So if Zach Taylor sure. comes in and decides, you know what, this isn't the team that's going to do it. We need to get a new quarterback. Then, then you're looking at a two-year window anyway. And then you, then the way Is they that drafted, when you trade Green at the trade deadline, like a Demarius Thomas type, Golden I mean, Tate type thing. Yeah, and you get what a fifth-round pick. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, I think at that point though is when you. They, they've set themselves up where I was going with this is they've set themselves up to draft skill players in the future years. Mm-hmm. This draft was run blocking tight end, two offensive linemen, linebacker. So, yeah. you know, they're probably going to need a corner again at some point in the nearish future and maybe a defensive lineman here or there, but they've set themselves up to draft skill positions on the offensive side of the ball in the near future too. And that can be a good thing, right? I mean, uh, it, it, it could be if you're in a rebuild mode, if that if that happens, you could be sitting here saying, well, you know, let's get our skill positions and our quarterback. If, you know, if we're in a rebuild, let's say here, guys, let's not get too deep in the quarterback conversation right now. But point being, you may want to bring all those guys along together. Now you've got the big uglies up front on both sides and you feel much better about that. And because you I think a lot of people agree you don't want to build from the outside in skill position wise corners. And the Bengals have done that for a long time. And it's maybe why they're not able to get over the hump or be as as nasty as we would like them to be i don't know if people argue that as much on the defensive side of the ball as they do on the offensive side of the ball but i think it is true and this goes back to the conversation with mike that i think they used to yeah the closer you are to the ball the the more immediate impact you can make on more plays yeah and i like that i I like that argument from mike reiner Mm -hmm. our next question comes from nuggets three and two okay this is a denver nuggets fan at x canada xx goose x is he Canadian? Should have stayed with the Nuggets. Does he like Canadian geese or does he like gray goose? Mm, gray goose. Questions of no, life. What do I'm the zoomed Bengals... into his picture. It's gray goose. <laughs> what do the Bengals do this offseason if Dalton is 2015 Dalton but gets hurt in the season for the third time? And that's kind of what happened with 2015 Dalton too, so that's interesting to say. I, I like this question because we've said, uh, yeah, if he plays like 2015, you could have – we could both see them offering an extension, a decent deal for Andy Dalton. Uh, but if he does get hurt again, and let's say it's a hand or thumb again, I would be concerned. And I think the team would probably have concerns. We've seen them, the way they've treated guys that have been injured, or and they kind of let them test the market a little bit more. And they're, it's quarterback, though, so maybe all that goes out of the window. I, I think it would have an effect if he got hurt again in, in 2019. I don't know what they would do if he got hurt again. That would be his third thumb yeah. injury if it's a thumb again. I, I just I got stuck on that. And I mean, 
I'm not sure that Taylor is, we've talked about this. He's, he's definitely committed to Dalton this year, but it's his first team. I think he wants to establish a foundation, but it's still a new coach and we're still expecting this roster turn to happen. That hasn't happened yet. Right. I mean, it really hasn't happened yet. And it may not happen. They may just keep the, you know, if they fail this year, I think then you definitely see it. Right. If, if they, can't get off the ground. Then he, he goes, you really put your foot down of, I need my guys. I need my players. And then you gain more control that way, which I could definitely see happening. I don't know why you say this guy's definitely into Grey Goose. All I know about this guy when I zoom in on his pictures is that he loves voting. Voting? Voting. Well, voting. I love voting sticker. Because I was going to say, if you're boating and drinking Grey Goose, then I think that's that goes together, doesn't it? That's uh, the Vikings boat party in 2006 or whatever. No, that was a casino boat party. Do you remember the running back's name? What running back's name? Well, that was a big thing. Uh, that that whole Vikings team, he had the Wizenator. Remember, he went for the, the, the drug test and he had a fake penis in there? No. Yeah, to, to pee because they, sometimes they look at you when you're peeing. And, <laughs> yeah, anyways, that's the that's next question from Logie B. Joe, you got distracted. I know. That's my mind for you. That's a little taste <laughs> of how it goes. And this is more of a topic of discussion, I think, from Logie. But he says, have you guys put in a request for player interviews? He remembers James Rapine had locker room access, something he understands we cannot do. Uh, but the the Huda UK guys get interview requests granted. And have we tried asking the Bengals? He also says we're the number one Bengals podcast. So, Jake, we have done that, haven't we? I think it's true that we are the number number one Bengals podcast. Right. Thanks for asking, Logie. Have a good weekend. No, we have asked. Uh, and I have not heard back from the Bengals media relations folks. And we will ask again. Maybe if we request specific players, we'll have more success. I reached out to just try to say, hey, this is who we are. This is the audience we reach. It would be great if we could establish a working relationship. I understand you don't give non-traditional media credentials, and I'm not going to fight for that. But, you know, it would be great if we could work together to get some interviews done one of these days. And I haven't heard back from them. Uh, Who day, UK brothers, if you can tell us what you've done to get those interview requests granted, we would appreciate the tips, I think. Yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what to do outside. I mean, maybe I could call somebody. But I, I don't even know how to go about doing that either. So I don't know what to do outside of the email that I tried. Spam their agents. Agents. That's a good one. But but I think that I think I, I and so I asked a player's wife who I've talked to on Twitter before. And she said, you know what? I, I asked a player. He told me he told you he told me to tell you to talk to the team. So do you think that's brushing us off or you think that means go through the proper channels and then we can do this? Uh, I don't know. So we're hoping for the best. We are. And we would love to get interviews done. Uh, we could also ask Cincy Jungle. I think they've had some players from time to time. I think they had Carl Lawson once. Uh, it's hard. Great. It's hard as non-traditional media. It's hard as being outside of the market. And I think that I have no idea what the Bengals think of Joe and I. And that could be another obstacle for us. I want to get Alex Redmond on, though. He's, he kind of alluded to maybe uh, coming on and having a good time with us. You know, it, it's, the problem is for me also is I feel like a sellout anytime I ask for anything or even ask people to come on here. So, Joe, that's I, old school thinking. I know I have to put it to the side and say, hey, you know, because there are Bengals fans that follow – there are Bengals players that follow me. 
And I guess they see me tweeting at this point. They probably understand that I can hold a conversation with them, hopefully, and maybe they would come on and and talk with us. Please, guys, if you're listening. They're not listening. They're not listening. (laughs) They might follow us on Twitter, and I think it's, yeah. There's I think they probably joke about it. Like, like they're in the locker room. Look at this. You see what this guy said? He doesn't have a clue. I think that's more than likely. Probably. Anyway, that'll do it for the Locked On Bengals podcast. Sorry we missed today this week, everyone. This show was brought to you by Blue Chew and Abco Safety. You have discount codes for both of them. That's Locked On for Blue Chew and Locked On Abco for Abco. Get 15% off your first safety or safety-related purchase from Abco Safety. And get some free Blue Chew, paying $5 for shipping. We'll be back next week doing much of the same, talking about the Bengals. Hope you have a good weekend, Bengals fans, and we'll see you next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.